Bless America, the, the, the song that we learned at, at, in school when we were little kids. And, uh, but if you actually, I started like thinking of the lyrics and how powerful those lyrics really are because there's power in the blessing. Here we go. There was such power. <laughs> oh my Because my, my wife asked me, I'm sorry, small little side note. My wife asked me, she saw, so what is God speaking to you today? Because it's daily manna. I was all, well, God just dropped that song, God Bless America, in my heart. And how for so long people are going, well, America's going to hell on a handbasket, you know, with marbles hanging out the side of their mouth. And, you know, just like just speaking death and speaking curse. They see something they don't like, they speak death and they speak curse because they're claiming it and speaking it out as that's a normal lifestyle. But we need not to be cursing America and its ground, but we need to be blessing it. I mean, it's the, the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Come on, it was the blessing. The very first thing that he told Abra uh, um, Abraham when he called him out was a blessing. The first thing he did when he created Adam and Eve, he said, and he blessed them. There is power in the blessing. If you understood the blessing of the Lord and everything that it contains, there's such power. That's why when Jesus was standing there and we talk about the Beatitudes as one of the most powerful sermons of all time. I mean, it was not only was it poetic and powerful and, and eloquent and everything, but it has such deep core meaning in everything that he said that it struck people right to the core. But he would start off and he's all, blessed are those. Blessed are those. And he would go and he would do several different ones all the way through that was talking about the blessing. And you have to understand. Oh, man, here we go. All right. So I'm going to pull this up. You got the Beatitudes? Is that where you're going? I'm going, I'm going to Beatitudes. Because this needs to be the Beatitude in you. Yeah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm just trying to find where I want to start in this. I got the I got the amplified slash parallel Bible with the, the King James and yeah I'll, I'll just start I'll just start right from the top because there's so much because I, I love starting in Matthew 6 and and talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and then backing up to the Beatitudes because it really is a parallel where he sums it up what the blessing looks like. When he's talking about the blessing of the Lord in, in that because we think, well, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. So we have to be poor in spirit. Now, for anyone that's ever studied out their Bible, that's a contradiction in turn because he never made us poor in spirit. Because if he made us poor in spirit, why did he give us his spirit? Right. His spirit's not poor. Okay. So what is it talking about by blessed are those that are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're going, no, we have a, have to have a, a lowly spirit and we, we, we hang on to like false humility in the midst of that. Okay. I, I, I've, I, I have a whole teaching on this. I've never like fully broken down. So you're going to get a glimpse of this, man. Cause it, it's, it's so powerful when you, when you break it apart and then I, I'm going to just turn this over to the Lord. Uh, and, and over to my wife because I know she has some great stuff too. But blessed are those that are poor in spirit. What is he saying? He was talking to a people that for 400 years there was silence from God. 
okay? Not only was there 400 years from silence from God, but there was also Roman oppression. There was sickness, there was disease, there was people being crucified, people being imprisoned, people being whipped and beaten. I mean, if you look at the Roman Empire, when they took over a place, it was not pretty. There was so much that was going on in the normal day in, day out of their life that in their society, we can't even compare it to our society. It's a million times that even our society, you don't go out your front door as a believer and be afraid to get crucified in America, okay? I'm, I'm just being honest. So it's a million times worse than it is for Christians in America in that time period. And what, what he was saying is, they know that they are the children of Abraham. They know the blessing of the Lord. They teach the Torah, they teach of the blessing of the Lord. Because even the, even the scribes and the Pharisees and, and, and the Sadducees would, would tell Jesus, he saw, well, wait a second. No, we're, we're children of Abraham. We're, we're the children of Moses. He's the, uh, our father's father, Abraham. And he's all, no, your father's the father of lies. They would claim onto the Abrahamic as their father because they understood the power of the blessing as far as the words of it, but they didn't understand how applicable that was in the situation that they were in. In the situation that they're in, Jesus finally stops and goes, hey, here we go. You are blessed. Those that are poor in spirit, he's naming them. He's, he's, oh God, I love this. He's going back to their identity as Hebrew people. He's going back to their identity as the Jewish people, as a chosen people of God. And you are chosen. If you're a Christian, you are chosen and, and you are set apart and you are complete in him. You're hidden in him. You have your identity in him. And he was dealing with their identity in the first part of the Beatitudes. He was dealing with their identity going, hey, you that are poor in spirit, you're blessed. And because of the blessing, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, for they'll inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, the blessing gives you the access, whether you're poor in spirit or not, to inherit the kingdom of God. Your identity gives you the access point to inherit the kingdom of God, no matter the situation you're going for. Now, that makes sense when you say, well, uh, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. It says, blessed whether you're poor in spirit or not. Blessed are those that mourn. Come on. Oh, yeah. He's not saying, hey, oh, you're happy and fortunate and all this other kind of stuff because you're mourning. He's saying, you are blessed. You are blessed. The word blessed in a lot of different translations is you are empowered to prosper. You have heavenly divine power over you because God loves you so much as his very own children that he has empowered you as his children to prosper in the midst of even mourning. Blessed are those who are mourned, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those that are meek. Come on. Those that are gentle. Those that, that uh, come on. He says, I love this because Jesus, what he's doing, if you read all the Beatitudes, he's going from the top to the bottom. He's going, the peacemakers and those that are poor in spirit and feel like they're like God's a million miles away. 
Blessed are the peacemakers and those that are, are mourning in turmoil because they've just had their husband or son or neighbor crucified. I mean, come on, you, no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what, what area of life you're in, whether you're poor in spirit, whether you're mourning, whether you're meek, whether you're at that point where you're hungering and thirsting, it doesn't matter what degree of where you're at in your walk with the Lord, you are blessed. Jesus is saying you are blessed no matter where you are at in your walk with him because of your beloved identity. So he's seeking the first part of this. It's all, all it's doing is speaking identity, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing, who you are, who you are, who you are. And it goes on. It says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are thee when men shall re revile you and persecute you and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. He's saying, man, because of your identity, because of who you are, because of your beloved sonship, because of who you are. Come on, we got to get back to who we are. Identity is so key because your identity will unlock your authority. And, and matter of fact, it's your intimacy that, that goes onto your identity that unlocks your authority. But we're talking about right now, the blessing as being part of your identity. You are blessed. Man, I don't care what your bank account says. I don't care how bare your cupboards are. I don't care if you had something bad. I don't care if you have a virus or don't have a virus, have a disease or don't have a disease. Know somebody that does working or not working spiritually on cloud nine or you're seeking God because you feel like he's a million miles away. The fact is no matter where you're at in your life, you are blessed. You are empowered to prosper. You are so loved and so inundated with who he is within you that it just needs to be unlocked. The identity of who you are needs to be unlocked. So you start walking it out and start seeing it for yourself because the biggest cork that, that stops that up is our mindset. So it goes back to renewing your mind with who you are. And that's what Jesus was doing in the Beatitudes. If you read the Beatitudes, he talks about uh, uh, who you are, who you are. He's unlocking their mentality to go, wait a second. If you're claiming that you are the uh, children of Abraham, that he's your father, then you know the blessing of Abraham. Man, they taught and taught and taught about the blessing of Abraham. They know the blessing of Abraham. Matter of fact, Paul in Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says that Jesus went to the cross, took the curse upon him so that we may become engrafted in as heirs according to the blessing of Abraham. We've been grafted into that same blessing. That's how powerful that blessing is. That part of what Jesus went to the cross for was to engraft you into that very blessing that they were claiming, but they weren't living in. They can claim it, but they weren't living it because it was here and not here. It was a big difference. It was in their head, but it wasn't revelatory in their heart. And if you don't believe that he wasn't talking about identity, just keep on reading. Because I love this. Verse 12, we'll just continue on. And, then, and I'll turn this over to my wife because I, I, I can sort of feel that you got some stuff. But on 12, it says, rejoice and exceedingly be glad. For great is your reward in heaven 
for so persecuted they uh, they that the uh, they the prophets sorry King James old school uh, they the prophets which were before you I was reading on Passion Translation so I come upon a there are and I'm like wait a, what what <laughs> I gotta get my mind straight when I'm reading King James you are okay because so we're, we're reading 12 blessed 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 no matter where you're at in life you're blessed and rejoice even when all this stuff is happening because they even came against and persecuted the prophets and they were blessed so why would we look any low whether we're blessed and walking in it or persecuted and walking in it it doesn't matter where our levels at you are blessed that's why he's summing that all up then he, then he goes on and starts continually to identify you are if he wasn't talking about identity why would he go you are just just take it you know if he studied out english or any kind of literary they would not go right into something else that was contrary to what they were just talking about okay you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its sa uh, savior um, or the, its, its flavor wherewith shall you be salty and then 14 you are so 13 14 you are the light of the world your salt you are light <laughs> so let your light shine before men I mean he's going and he's talking about he saw hey he just said it doesn't matter if you're persecuted for my namesake he was just saying it doesn't matter if you're poor in spirit matter of fact it didn't say it, it didn't matter if you were hungering and thirsting for him it didn't matter if you're a peacemaker it didn't matter if you're persecuted for righteousness he's saying you are salt you are light so therefore let your light shine in this moment of where we're at with everything going on in this so-called pandemic I just think of it as a, it's not from God at all, but I think an opportunity for God to show off how big he really is in the midst of this, if we match our words up with his will, okay? At, cause he's, <laughs> when this, I got, I gotta just stop for a second. When he was teaching his disciples how to pray, what did he teach them? In the very next chapter, if you scroll right over, if you're on your phone or flip the page, over to Matthew 6 what did he teach his disciples even how to pray he said our father out in heaven hallowed be thy name that kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven he's saying I need you to release out of your mouth in earth as it is in heaven not in earth as you see it in earth I'm not here to release what I already see here I'm, I'm called to release what I see in heaven. You want to know where the true prophetic come from? That's where it's from. I'm releasing what heaven is saying in the midst of what's contrary to the world. What's contrary to the point. I'm releasing the heartbeat of the Father over people's lives. And that's what he is saying is, hey, man, you are the light of the world therefore let that light shine let that come forth from you let that burst out upon you let your cup overflow i was talking about this yesterday if we had a if we had a coffee or not yesterday but the day before but if we had a coffee cup 
and I kept pouring coffee and coffee and coffee. It would fill this cup all the way up and it would not only fill this cup up, it would overflow and it would saturate my Bible and these pages and these phones and the water bottle on the table and the floor. It would spill all over me. It'd saturate everything around it. He's saying, man, I need you to be so filled up with your identity of who you are as being blessed, light bearers, salty, not in a salty in a bad way. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But salty in a good way. Oh, and I have my thoughts. Yeah, sorry. I forgot I had my highlighter here. Two Bibles at once. <laughs> but he's saying who you are needs to overflow and be a light into this world. Who you are in this time period is so crucial for everyone else to see. I don't care if you're at a Walmart, a gas station, if you're talking with coworkers, if you're still at work, if you're in your house, if you're talking with relatives, if you're on Facebook, man, you need to be speaking the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. Come on, we gotta get back to the identity hidden in him. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I just, that's my opening. <laughs> So, okay, so like I actually, when he was talking, some of the things that were coming to mind, I was thinking, I've act, I, I don't actually friend a lot of people from other countries. It's something I learned a long time ago that like, um, if I'm not in the process of traveling to other countries to not load it up because, because um, America is is a huge giver to other countries and um, and we we preach the gospel i know people there's a lot of people would argue and say that america is not a christian country but to other places in around the world they believe we are in fact they actually believe that god blesses america more than america believes that um and and so i actually ended up i friended one from kenya uh, not too long ago and, and that must have been the leading of the Lord because I really don't I don't do that um, I have no plans to go to Kenya anytime soon and okay. so I know you would but like I, I didn't have any plans for that so it wasn't like like normally I would just delete and and um, for some reason I added her you know and she uh, she's been writing me uh, back and forth occasionally but when this all happened she wrote um, she wrote I was actually at going to a movie theater with my daughter um, and it was the later that afternoon after our movie theater day um, they closed down all the movie theaters here so we literally just got in like within seconds you know um, and she started at, talking to me about where they're at and what they're going through and mm. um, and she specifically, she said, you know, I said, yeah, well, you know, America's going through it too. And she goes, America, the superpower. And I'm like, and she said, that's what we call it here. America, mm. the superpower. Um, anyways, and so we just had this talk. But one of the things that I noticed is number one um, that, that I thought about today is how much that other countries see the hand of God because she even said that part of the reason why the hand of God is on America so much is because of how much we do for the other nations um, and so God blesses us because we bless others and she was acknowledging the blessing of God on America 
and she was actually even surprised to hear that we are even being affected by this because of the blessing of God on America and I was just thinking about the fact that while he was reading those that a lot of the reason why people do not receive the blessing is because they don't acknowledge the blessing in their life they don't they don't believe they have the blessing they don't see God blessing America and so therefore they're not seeing America seeing blessing in their own lives you know they're not they don't see um, the things they don't see that they're meant to be peacemakers and so they don't see that blessing Come in on. their life like they don't they miss out on the blessing because they don't acknowledge it um, and you know but but I also the flip side of that is as when I was talking to this lady is just reminding her that like at, at the end of the day which my husband just made very clear at the end of the day man we're all we all serve the same God yeah. we all have the same issues they may they may present themselves differently but we all have the same issues and we all have the same access Come on. to the father to receive the blessing in our lives and I feel I feel like that's something that that definitely should be highlighted um, is that that really because one of the things um, and I talked about in a couple lives ago was that you know um, I do feel like this is going to change um, change things completely um, on this earth not just in America but around the globe um, but I do believe that how it changes for you is dependent on your outlook like if you if if in the midst of this we choose to put our eyes on on God and know that we are taken care of that we are blessed that that he's got us um, you know if if in the middle of this we do that then then we will see that we will see that in our lives and yeah. we will see that um, and and uh, people who are longing for that will be drawn to us and if we still no matter what's going on in their life if we still keep our focus on that come on then that that'll have an overflow like you were saying onto those around us too but ultimately speaking um, we're not gonna see blessing around us if we don't see blessing first in our own lives and in 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 what God is doing for us uh, us alone you know and that, that's um, why it goes back to revival begins within you mm -hmm. your identity begins within you before you can start sharing that with others correct so yeah so um, uh, one of the things that that I felt uh, which I mean it's gonna kind of sound like it's different but it but I can see how they they parallel is one of the things the Lord was showing me this morning personally for myself um, is he was showing me that only fools roll uh, rush in um, and which is not a scripture okay so anybody who's gonna go looking for a scripture for it it's not a scripture I actually went <laughs> I did purposely look because I don't know of a scripture that said that and I know it's a song and it's, I've also yeah, heard like 80s oh, and 90s I've also heard um, I've also heard uh, only only another phrase that I've heard is as only fools rush in where angels fear to tread um, and um, and so I look to see like is there anything that even like has that origin of that in the Word of God and I wasn't seeing it but I wanted to double check because sometimes the, the, the Lord floors me and he tells me something and I'm like and then later on I find out it's the scripture so it's not if you're looking for it but um, but what I was hearing is is in the place of insure in 
unsurety in the place where um, everything's kind of flipped upside down and we don't know um, that we have a tendency to try to rush in and do stuff and I saw this both in a natural and a spiritual way okay so I saw two different things one in the natural um, I saw people who are like trying to make quick decisions based on things that are presented in front of themselves and how the Lord is saying that that if it's from him that it will it will be tested like it will be sure and the Lord started reminding me of times um, where the Lord had asked us to step out and where I actually put a, a demand on the Lord um, to to show that it's him and, and and not a fleece but by providing by providing way for it and and so like um, you know we were talking about giving not too long ago and and uh, Travis mentioned that 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 he you know he felt led to give something to someone and like my mind said okay well you know then God is gonna God is gonna come and give back to him God will like we're, we're not gonna go out and buy something because God will supply that mm -hmm. because because he proves himself that's what he does he proves himself in what he's doing and so if we're giving the shirts off our back then we need to trust that God's gonna give us a shirt because we still need a shirt you know um, and so so I'm seeing a lot of things right now where people um, are scrambling to try to figure out how they're gonna do that like uh, they're looking at politics right now and they're going I wonder if this bill's gonna go through because I'm not I don't got money coming in um, you know they're they're looking at unemployment they're looking at like all these different things and I'm not saying that God can't provide through those things for you don't hear what I'm not saying but what I'm saying is is that we can get into this where we're scrambling and rushing to try to take hold of something instead of allowing the Lord to prove his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives yeah. and and to provide a way that we could never even come up with on our own you know and we we need to slow our roll and and really be like all right Lord if that's you if you're saying this if you're doing this if you're calling me home you know in the midst of all this if you're keep keeping me at my job in the midst of all this that i know that you're going to have like provision in the midst of yeah, in the midst of this also to take care of me and that that's that's strongly something that i felt like but then on the spiritual end here's the spiritual end because i know i get people on here sometimes that they're they're intercessors and so i want to share the spiritual end of this um also I have seen people who want to rush in to the heavenlies and try to fight something because they heard something real quick and not take the time to really test the Lord on it and make sure it was God that's speaking in that area and, mm. and they end up going right into the, the enemy's camp and start stirring things up that don't need to be stirred up and, and then reap the havoc from that. And I've seen that time and time again where um, they having things coming at them because they stepped somewhere they weren't even supposed to tread, you know? And again, that's not a scripture, but I do believe there is some element to that where sometimes we can, I'm, I'm talking about like the angels tread thing. There is scripture backing up what I'm saying, but like where we can step into areas where God did not call us to step into 
just because uh, we just had this feeling or this thought instead of taking the time to really test it out and allow the Lord to show that this is what he is saying in this time period and you know slow our roll and not try to run in an area that that we we're not even prepared for because see there is a timing too so even if it is the Lord there's timing and one hour can make a big difference if you're running into an enemy's camp you know um, one hour can make a difference if you're stepping um, into an area that that is not someplace you normally step sometimes your provision is just one hour away but if you rush you're gonna miss it that's good that's real good come on so I don't know if you had anything to add oh no I'm, I was just making sure you went for your coffee and I wanted to make sure she was <laughs> I don't want to like jump in and start going again and then my wife saw dude i was just going for my coffee what are you mm. doing to me <laughs> yeah um, and, and guys if you have something the lord's saying today i, I really on. want to hear it like um that's part of what this is i do believe that that we all have something um i i, I will just add this because like yesterday what something the lord showed me after i got off was was that um he is really highlighting the fact that that we every joint supplies that we're all living stones Come that on. every single one of us has an important place but there's only one corner store, stone and so yeah, we good. need each other um i i was talking to somebody and so this is still a daily word i was talking to someone this morning and they were they were feeling um that competition um, that comparison that the enemy tries to get us to compete against each other to, mm. to think that somebody else is more important than them so then they try to make themselves feel more important um, there's a lot of that going on right now in the spirit right now mm. um, I'm seeing people coming on and sharing words that I, I can genuinely see in the spirit they have absolutely no revelation on um, they'll hear from somebody and they, else and they heard it like it's it was something they heard reg, uh, regurgitated and they regurgitated it from somebody else but I can see in the spirit that they have no revelation mm. but one of the things that Lord brought to me was uh, Philippians 1 of how oh, at yeah. the end of the day like genuinely is I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing okay it doesn't say this but the end of the day who cares because Jesus is being is being preached you know and so God has been continually showing me that personally um, but I do feel this testing going on too where um, God is actually using that that is the enemy enemy is the one who comes and tries to get us to compete against each other and compare against each other but God is also testing hearts in the midst of that and seeing if we are going to turn to him and not try to make ourselves the cornerstone and not try to make ourselves as more important than everybody else and not try to do that. Mm. Um, and so I am sensing that in there also. And so I, I want to hear what all of you guys say because um, what you guys say adds to me, you know? It adds to me, it's, it's, it's important. Um, and God, God gives each and every bit, uh, each and every person a part of who his, he is to share with the world. Yeah. It was funny that you, you were talking about that and then, um, uh, with another person and you robbed Philippians. Cause I was literally just studying out Philippians and there, there's so much key 
um, to what we were literally just talking about and a little bit of my section, a little bit of her section, if you're reading Philippians 2 out of the Passion Translation, but I, I, lo I love verse 3 and then I'm going to jump down to uh, 14, but uh, verse 3 it says in 2-3 in the Passion Translation of Philippians says, be free from pride-filled opinions for the only harm your cherished unity. It's yeah. talking about our unity together and not only our unity together, but our unity with the Lord and our unity with the Lord together because pride will come in and wedge itself up against God's master plan in your life. If you don't believe that, look at Lucifer who had pride, what pride was found in his heart that sought to set himself up above God and he was kicked out of heaven. So pride is, is a huge problem even from the beginning of time. And it says, be free from pride-filled opinions for the only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. Be in authentic humility. See, there's a difference between false humility and authentic humility. I love, I love how Moses even wrote in the Torah of himself that Moses was the most humble man in the land. Moses wrote that. A lot of people go, well, that's not humility. That's pride. He wrote that he's the most. No, no, no. He understood that everything that was happening was not him. And he gave all glory unto God where others didn't. So he was saying, because I give all glory unto God and not unto myself and what I can do, I am the most humble man in this land because I recognize it ain't me. It's God. That's good. And I'm only obedient to what God is doing in the land and telling me to do, even though I've missed the mark several different times and did things that I shouldn't have done. I found grace and mercy and loving kindness underneath his presence and his glory and got back underneath him and realized that it all was all about him. And when I stepped out on my own, I found nothing but faults and trouble and, 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 all kinds of issues Moses brought upon himself. Mm. We do the same thing in the body of Christ when we allow pride to sleep in, and not just pride, but self-promotion to sleep in into our hearts because we what we'll do, and, and I, I call it the pathet pathetic, not the prophetic, is we'll go around and listen to a bunch of people that gets us all charged up, and then we go, well, we have a word from heaven, and you're being an echo and not a voice. Come on. There's a difference between being an echo because they want to claim that as they're the one bringing the word and a voice that says, I don't care if my name gets recognized as long as his name, Jesus, is lifted on high to bring his glory and to see hearts and lives transformed. At the end of the day, you're at the end of your calling, at the end of your mantle, at the end of your anointing, whatever you want to say that it is, is people. So if we're doing it for ourselves, we're not interested in people. Jesus went to the cross, not for himself. He went there for people. If you don't believe that, go back and read what it says. When he even upon the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Even though he's beat, whipping, whipped, being crucified, being mocked, made fun of, beaten to it. He, he was unrecognizable almost even by his own mother. Still said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what to do. Even upon the cross, people were upon his heart. If we don't have that same heart, he's saying, hey, don't let self-ambition take the place of thinking about others. Right. Because that's what self-promotion does. It, it Instead of going out and going out, 
doing this and doing this, it only does this. What can I do? It's me, myself, and I. How can famous can I get? So I, if I'm more famous, then people will give to me more. If people give to me more, then I can call myself full-time ministry, and then I can have a bank account, and I can live off of other people that are giving unto me. So I need to learn how to manipulate so people can give to me. And whoa, that's so far off the mark of heaven. That is so far off what the word of God says. That's so far off what the purpose of the prophetic is, the purpose of the giftings is. The giftings were for others, not for you to promote yourself so you can make a bank account, mm -hmm. not so you can pay your bills. Yeah. God provides. He's Jehovah Jireh, not yourself where you do things to promote yourself. Like we're not, we're doing these to bless you guys. If you guys give, cool, whatever. We're doing it more because we want to impart into your lives versus then going on and doing a live going, hey, give, 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 share, share, give, give, share. I still haven't even put a link on here. Yeah, we, we, not, not that I'm, if you guys feel led to give. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you cool, feel led, but... cool, because it's, it's God <laughs> moving upon your heart, not man twisting you to give into the ministry. Yeah. I want you to give unto God. When you give, you give unto God, not under man anyways. Mm -hmm. So it should never have been about a man or about a woman. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot of times in the body of Christ. And that's why I love Philippians where it says, hey, don't let self-promotion hide in your hearts. Be authentic in humility. Put others first. That will stop a lot of online ministers. That will stop a lot of churches. Put others first. And view others more important than yourself. I mean, this one, if we just preach this right there if we just open up philippians 2 and start preaching this it will allow god to come in and start shaping the hearts of man because for so long we've made it about the wrong things i mean that's this is why i love like oral roberts and a.a a. allen and smith wigglesworth and and jack coe and and, and Kenneth Hagen and, and I mean and Le Lester Summerall and, and Catherine Coleman, Amy Sim all all the greats, all the generals that I can think of that we've gleaned off of and learned from, they never were going about it doing it for themselves. They were doing it for God to see people being touched. They were concerned about their intimacy with the Father and their identity, and out of that identity birthed an authority to share the gospel and see people's lives changed, healed, and set free. And, it, and, and I'm telling you, don't get me wrong, they had their names in, in newspapers. They had their names in flyers. There's nothing wrong with that because we're trying to promote what God is doing in that region, not promoting what we're doing in that region. There's a difference. And what we've done is we've forgotten Philippians 2 where it says we need to lift up others above ourselves. Think about other people first. Get on the other side of that pride and get back onto its humility, authentic humility, and realize that we need to lift up others. I'm going to go on to 14 like I was promising. Well, I'll read four real quick. Sorry. Abandon every display of selfishness. Ow. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. My God, there's some uppercuts in Philippians. This is Paul. This is Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles, and, and, and floating signs, wonders, miracles, was, was 
great. Even, even Peter said he has trouble comprehending the depth of what Paul was writing because he had so much revelation. This was a, a, a what we would count today as a super apostle. Some, some nonsense terms out there. If you understood what the word apostle meant, that, that phrase would never even exist. But he's going, hey, even in the midst of all this, he could be counted, he could have been counted as being famous. But it wasn't about him. It was about Jesus and lifting others up above himself. That's, a, that's apostolic. That's taking people and going, I want to promote others above myself to see them succeed in everything that Christ paid for them. That's apostolic. Because the apostolic is a sent one. Not being, hey, I'm ordaining you right now on a stage and sending you out apostolic. I'm sent from heaven. And I'm carrying what heaven is saying to see people's lives change. And sit. They're sent from heaven. Apostolic. If you go back and study out the word apostolic, I'm telling you, it is a heaven sent, not a man sent. I'm not ordaining you as an apostle. I'm saying, hey, I am sent from heaven. Paul even said it like this. I am an apostle by Christ. By Christ. Where does the apostolic come from? It comes from heaven by Christ himself, sending you with a heavenly decree that I need you to go and see heaven on earth inside of people's lives so their lives are transformed. And in order to do that, you need to lift others on high. And I don't know how we got off on this, but this is good. I love the word. 14 says this, it says, live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. Just saying, we can get back to the word. Some here, here's some daily manna for you. I mean, it's rough, and it may may feel like you're choking an anvil down your throat, but it's good. And and if you can swallow this and allow it to to change and shift your hearts, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. God doesn't look at the exterior. He doesn't look how famous you are, how famous you're not. He looks at your motives of your heart. Even when when Jesse was lining up his sons, it's one of my favorite verses, and Samuel was going to anoint the tallest and most beautiful and strongest looking son, going, surely this should be the next king. <laughs> God just yanks, yanks Samuel, a prophet, who is, the prophet is missing it. Don't tell me prophets don't miss it. The prophet was missing it, okay? Because he was even seeing things out of his own perspective instead of a heavenly perspective in that moment. That's how prophets miss it. Okay? There, there's a biblical, biblical concrete evidence for it right there. And then God says this. He says, I don't look at the exterior. I look at the heart. I don't look at the outward as man does. I search at the heart. I look at the heart. Allow the word to shape your heart. There's some tough stuff in the word. We, we've been doing ministry, what, now, 20 years? There's stuff in the word that shapes my heart daily that I'm like, ow, Lord. But it's a good ow because it says that he corrects, he disciplines, or he chastises those that he loves. Unfortunately, we've taken that word as chastisement and we think of an abusive father instead of a father that is bringing correction for our benefit. If I tell my son to stop drinking bleach because it will harm him, that's a good correction, right? Right. That's what that's what God is doing. It says, hey man, he doesn't want you to drink the bleach 
of this world because it's going to do nothing but damage your insides. Yeah, that's good. And I need to put something on the inside of you that is going to benefit others around you and not cause death within. Okay? So that's 14. All right. Uh, I'm, I wanted to talk, uh, read what Michelle wrote, which you all seen it, but I'm going to read it so Travis can see it too. <clears throat> and then I actually um, was hearing between what Michelle was saying and what Travis was saying, there was something I was hearing that I wanted to add to that. Um, was feel, really feeling yesterday the spirit of condemnation attack mm. and asking the Lord to increase our ears to hear his voice alone Come and on. recognize the lies that would keep us from his abundant presence in this time. Okay, so um, one of the things that I, this is a word I actually got like ages ago, but the Lord re-highlighted today and yesterday was that um, we're in a time where everything is being shaken and he specifically said, and not one thing will be left untouched. And I will tell you when I heard that last time, like I knew it was weighty. I knew it was a, 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 a hard thing to hear from the Lord. Um, mm. But when I actually started to experience it, which I don't like giving words like that. I'm just going to be straight out. I don't like giving words like that because I can't have one of those words come out of me and not have it affect me. Like it right. fully, I know when, when God has me speak certain things, um, like that, That's good. that when God has me speak certain things, that that means I'm going to be, be, uh, going through it, you know, like it's not. It's not just for everybody else. Like I'm gonna go through it. Like it has to go through me first. So, anyways, um, with that, with that, the condemnation part, like you were talking about, um, I, what I see right now, what I see right now is we're in a time period where um, the enemy is coming at us with just about everything. Um, a lot of the things he's coming at us with actually are are deflected. Um, they're deflected off of of the things that are in others, the things that are even in, um, that the enemy's been saying over us, but they're deflecting. They're not real as for, far as who we are, but they're deflecting, okay? Um, but God is using that to help us um, really be, go and bring ourselves before him. So like um, that, what you're saying, the spirit of condemnation, uh, when you think about that, the spirit of condemnation in the word, it talks about how he has not given us, um, he has not that, that in Christ there is no condemnation. But if you look through the scriptures, it talks about why, like if we are not living in the flesh, if we are not, um, you know, if we, if we know our sonship, if we know, like, then we don't experience condemnation. And so what I'm saying is a lot of times when the Lord is showing me these things, he shows me that the enemy is highlighting an area that I guess is kind of best way to say, um, there's, there's a, there's a hole in our fence. There's a hole in our net. There's a, there's an area where, where, uh, we have not allowed the Lord's healing balm to come and just like really just saturate it. Um, and he can only come at us with the things that that we have not fully submitted you know like he can throw whatever he wants at us but as far as stuff that will actually like start to affect us those are only those areas that ha aren't fully aren't fully um given to the lord and we don't fully see his image in us in those specific areas and so 
um, what I see is that the Lord is really saying, and this goes right to what you're saying, he's really saying we need to hear him in the midst of this, but we're, but we need to hear him in the midst of this, um, in those areas where the enemy's trying to hit us, because those specific areas are areas that, that we need to allow the Lord to just totally change in us, you know? Um, and so like one of the words that I was getting yesterday that goes with that is talking about how we got to be careful, like looking left to right and stay focused and straight ahead, like, and focused on what God is doing. And so whatever we're seeing in our peripherals, most likely it's because there's something in us, um, that the enemy is trying to pull left or right because we haven't completely dealt with it, you know? And so, um, he only has that ability to pull you left and right if there's if there's something that is is still shakable you know and in this time period even though everything has been is being shaken we have the ability according to the word of god to be the unshakable ones to Come be on. the ones that are stood on a rock and so if we're feeling areas where we are still being tossed to and through fro that we are still looking left and right that we are still somewhat being shaken you know, um, yes, that's the enemy, but I, I believe that the God is, is allowing that to be highlighted for his purpose. So really, I guess what I'm saying is, is the enemy's falling into his own trap in that. If we, if we let him, if we let him, he can fall in his own trap because he's just revealing those areas in ourselves that we need to be like, Lord, I'm seeking your voice in this. I'm seeking you Come on. To, to put your healing balm over this. I'm seeking Come you on. to strengthen this. I'm seeking you and I'm going to your rock and I'm standing on your rock in the midst of this because this obviously is still something that um, that I'm, I'm still wavering on, that I'm still going back and forth on, that I'm still, you know, I'm still allowing to turn my head. And I know personally, I've seen some of these lately where I knew it was the enemy. I knew it was meant to distract, but it highlighted something in me that I needed the, the Lord to come in and deal with because I could, I could get my head turned left and right on it. And so uh, that's what I'm seeing. So like, um, you know, so I'm, I mean, that word, Michelle, was so excellent because that's exactly where I feel like the Lord, the Lord wants us to look, look to him alone, to hear him alone, to recognize the, the lies. Because even though, even though, um, you know, we may be struggling in those areas, there's still lies over us. They're still not the way he created us. They're still not who we are is still not um, what he sees, but there are areas that we still see that. And so that's where condemnation comes. It comes because we still see something. It's People cannot condemn you, okay? Um, and, and that's actual scripture too. Like we can only be condemned by our own flesh. You know, we can only be condemned by our own flesh and the enemy can come and highlight an area, but really it's only our own flesh that can condemn us. And so like, if that spirit is coming, we have the option in the middle of that to look to, to God and say, but what, who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? You know, what do you say about me? And really allow him to highlight those areas um, to bring healing to them. So that's, that's part of, 
I mean, that really goes along with what he was saying. It really goes along with some of the things that I'm seeing. So that's a really good word, Michelle. And, um, and I, and, and, and I can 100% say that you're not the only one. There's tons of people that, including myself, like I was having a conversation almost exactly on this this morning with someone and I was sharing my own personal attacks that I've had in that area um, with someone because they were having their attacks in that area and I was just trying to explain. Wow. I was just trying to explain where, what the mm. Lord wants from us in the midst of this. Mm. So hopefully you're hearing that um, because because you're you're not the only one like tons of people are going through that right now but again even though that's the enemy i believe the lord is using that for good he's using that to to help us rise up to who we actually are right and that's you know anytime that someone mentions the word condemnation i automatically go to romans 8 1. that's like that that was taught like early, 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 early on in, in my days by a great man named Mark McElwee. He's a pastor out in, in Heart of God Ministries down in San Diego. Taught me the first like four years of my Christian life in my marriage too about renewing my mind. And that was one of the key scriptures that he used because I would condemn myself. I would condemn myself based upon my past and I would allow lies to slip in not only from the enemy not only from myself but also from others too and others judgment and I love the correlation between the King James on and Romans 8 1 and also the passion translation the passion translation says this and I want to start with this one and then jump into something that I literally just hit me like a 10-ton bomb in, in the King James. So I'll go to that in just a second. But it says, so now in this Romans 8 and 1 in the Passion Translation, so now the case is closed. The, the case is closed, man. The, imagine the judge with a gavel. Case closed. I mean, no one can open it up. No legal premises are able to be opened up again. I've had two cups so, of coffee, so I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to go get my second <laughs> cup of coffee. That's where I went. It says, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. I love that. There is now remains no accusing voice because accusations come by either the voice of of people or the voice of the enemy or the voices running in your head because out of your thoughts and being and what they'll do is they'll end up looking in the past or looking at a mistake and they try to hold your identity to a mistake versus your identity that is now hidden in Christ Jesus you have to understand that the blood speaks loud nothing speaks louder than the cross there is no such thing as something more powerful than the cross over your life. There is nothing that speaks louder than the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that speaks louder than the Holy Spirit sealing your spirit into the day of redemption, unto the day of Christ. There is nothing that can speak louder nor void that in your life. Because like my wife was talking about yesterday, it's an incorruptible seed. It means it cannot be fade or corrupted or degenerate in any way shape or form that has been put with inside of you your spirit
spirit man is a hundred times, a thousand times bigger than your natural man. And as long as we look at our spirit man, who God created us, hidden in Christ, condemnation comes in. It's like you're rubber uh, or I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever uh, you say bounces off me and stick to you. I know it's like a big kid. I, I know. I understand that. Trust me. My wife tells me all the time. But it's sort of like, if you truly know who you are in Christ, it literally will bounce off of you and stick back unto them because an undeserved curse will, will be void. There's no such thing and it will return to cinder. It will literally go back to where it comes from because it doesn't belong in you and it cannot touch you as long as you understand that you cannot grab a hold of it as truth. Condemnation is a falsehood of who you are. Condemnation tries to tell you who you're not while the word of God and Jesus Christ tells you who you are. It's the exact, that's why they're said there's no condemnation in Christ because there's a falsehood and a truth. He's saying, don't believe the false and hold on to that as reality where the truth will set you free. And he is the truth. In King James, it says this. I love this because this is something that's key. And I think a lot of times this is where people feel condemnation is coming. And I think this is an area and a key that a lot of people need to understand that you need to stop the access point for condemnation in your life. And in the King James, it says this, it says, there's therefore going old school King James, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. A lot of times people just stop right there. We got to read the whole verse. Don't live off of a half of a verse. Find out what the rest of it is saying. Read it in context. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There's no condemnation for you that are in Christ that is seeking after the spiritual, seeking after the heavenly, seeking after their identity, and not walking according to the flesh. Because when you walk according to the flesh, condemnation tries to creep in. You mess up in the area the devil's going to be there like a roaring lion looking whom he may devour to input condemnation in there so it dumbs down and and tries to uh, uh, numb the fact of who you are in your identity. It says, hey, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you're in Christ as a believer and you're walking according to the flesh, condemnation is going to come because it's anti your identity. Yeah. It's anti who you are in Christ. It's going to come because you're walking according to the kingdom of this world and not the kingdom of God. There's a vast difference. There's two king. I, mean, I don't know why I, I, I've been on this, the two kingdoms. But there's a falsehood and a false substitution in the worldly kingdom that tries to pose your identity of who you should be in the world versus who you truly are in the kingdom of God and who you are in the heavenly realm and where you're seated in Christ. And if you walk according to the wrong kingdom, if you walk according to the flesh, if you walk according to this world, you're going to find yourself in the midst of condemnation because you're living in a place where you should never have lived in the first place. That's not where you live from. That's not where you live to. You're seated in Christ and you're heavenly assured. You live and you're seated in Christ Jesus already in heavenly places. 
that's where you live and you operate from. If you have that mindset within you, if you renew your not only your mind, but have that as a revelatory within your heart, watch out. Because when condemnation comes, there's nothing for it to stick to. You've given no room or access. You've not, you've not even creeped open that door to give it a little bit of a door jam walk-in access. You, it's, it, the door's shut. Mm. Like, like, like Romans 8, 1 in the Passion Translation was saying, that case is closed. It's closed. When you start walking according to the flesh, you crack it open. Because you're trying to walk according to something that you're not. That's why Romans 8 is so powerful. It starts off giving, hey, there's two different signs. Walk according to the flesh, walk according to the spirit. Walk according to the flesh, walk according to the spirit. Here's the results of the spirit. Here's the results of the, of the flesh. But hey, hello and wake up. This is paraphrasing. But hello and wake up. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you and has empowered you. And your life is now not your own. For we're obligated to live this out. For you didn't receive a spirit of fear, which drives you to live in the world, which binds you to the world. But you've been given the spirit of adoption while we're able to cry out, Abba, Father. He's saying, hey, there's no condemnation. You're in Christ. If you live according to the world, you're going to experience this. You're going to experience everything that Jesus sets you free from. You live according to his spirit, you experience everything that he paid for in its fullest. It's your choice. Here's the, God always does this. He tells you the best and the worst, and then therefore tells you to choose bet the best. Therefore I've set before you blessings and cursing, life and death, therefore choose life. I've put inside of your mouth life and death, the power of life and death. He's given you the opportunity. In Romans 8, it's, it's the same thing. I've given you the flesh, I've given you the spirit. I've given you the, the world exists in the worldly kingdom or the kingdom of God. You choose. But I want to let you know why you should walk according to the kingdom. Because the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. You've been set free. You don't have the spirit of fear that tripped up Adam and Eve in the garden. The fear of the lack of identity. Did God really say if you eat of this fruit, you'll be like them? That instead they should have known their identity. And should have so told the devil to shut up and go. Because they already were like God. I didn't give you that spirit of fear that tripped them up. I've given you a spirit of sonship and I've redeemed you. Therefore, then it goes on to tell you how powerful you are. Then it goes on to tell you not only how powerful you are and that you're more than a conqueror, but nothing can separate you from this love. Hey, here's two options, but this is who you are in this option. And I want to give you your identity to walk according to it. Because when you walk according to that, condemnation will never find an ear. I, I was just being reminded of, uh, of Romans 12 also. Ooh. Because, I love well. because I love one of the things I was thinking about that I just I wanted to share um, is that uh, you know because Travis did talk a, a, for a second about how you know he can he could look back to his past too you know when we come out of a situation the enemy is always going to try mm -hmm. to get you to believe you're still there and so mm -hmm. there are some times that it's not because there's an issue that you have but because you're just still need to renew your mind yeah yeah um, and so there are times um, you know and and that other people are you know 
the enemy is going to use other people to, to make you believe you still are who you used to be. Um, and like he said, like he was talking about, about there's no condemnation that to those that are in Christ. Sometimes that's even a renewing the mind that you're in Christ. So it's yep. not that you're not in Christ, but that you have to renew your mind to that. Because um, sometimes you can start to believe things that, that are you when they're not, you know. Mm. Um, and I, I will tell you, like, uh, for me personally, when I first got, when I first gave my life to Jesus and I got um, clean off of drugs and alcohol in the beginning um, the enemy could come at me and and tell me all these things about myself but after a while I became strong in my awakened mind right to be able to fight him and say that's not me I actually don't even have a desire for this this isn't this isn't how I feel that the Lord that the Lord has delivered me from this and I could I could I could acknowledge that and to the point that at a certain time he actually stopped even giving me those thoughts because I kept taking them captive and putting them in obedience to what I knew was true okay come on but then he started attacking me in my dreams and he started attacking my dreams and I would have these dreams where I was just loaded and that I was doing all these things that I would have done in my past and he would come at me another avenue because um, he knew I had conquered this one avenue, you know. Um, and so I'm just saying that's there is a renewing of the mind that always has to happen. So even if you've, like, let's say, and I'm saying this for this reason, like, let's say you've already dealt with that condemnation and now you're getting these feelings and you're wondering why. You know, and you're like, I, I didn't know I was still there. I don't, I, I'm not even living in the flesh, you know, right, like I'm right, not right. even living in the flesh. Like, am I like, and you're starting to question, am I living in the flesh? Am I doing something I'm not supposed to be doing? Sometimes again, there is a, just a renewing of the mind that needs to happen to, to remind you of who you are. Because for so long, the enemy has told you that's not who you are. Come on. And, and so, you know. Um, what I will tell you from experience, like, you know, like I, at this point, I, at this point, when people try to throw junk at me and say lies about me, um, most of the time I will reject them immediately. And I see the deflection. Like mm -hmm. I see that oftentimes I'll see that it's actually something that they're struggling in, not that I'm struggling in. Um, and, and I can see that. Um, but there are occasionally areas where the enemy still tries and it's not because I did something wrong. It's not because, um, it's not because I'm walking in my flesh, but it's just because of that specific area. I have not completely renewed my mind to, to knowing that I know that I know who I am. Um, and so he's still able to come at me through other people with their words and and have them like pierce me when when um i haven't even done that in like forever but there's still something in my mind that goes wait am i still that person um and and so yeah so we do have to we do have to you know deal with those thoughts and renew our mind to who we are in christ and and not allow those to hit us again. So don't like if there if there are yes there are definitely times in the Word of God, um, you know, according to the Word of God, where we will walk 
um, according to our flesh and then reap the condemnation of the flesh but there's also times where it's because our mind has not completely been renewed and although we are walking straight and, and I love this about God the fact is is that the moment that you've repented and you've given your life Come he on. sees it as if it's already done and yeah, so the, the right. thing Come is on. the thing is is when we give our lives to the Lord you know like immediately that blood was 100% true real and, and 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 potent onto our life like it's completely is transforming us but the word is transforming for a reason because there's still this stuff like 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 our spirits have been transformed but there's still this stuff in our mind that that has to come into agreement with what he says about us and he's not condemning us because he sees already us as the completed work we're already done but we have to get the stinking thinking dealt with sometimes and and um you know, so anyway, so I just felt like that needed to be highlighted because there's both. And you should know which is which. Like, you yeah. should be able to know. Like, so take, sometimes you have to take the time and go, wait, I haven't been doing this stuff. I'm not doing this stuff. So this is something in my mind mm -hmm. I have to deal with. This is something in my mind that I need to submit to the Lord. Yeah, I love, I, I got some notes uh, on Romans 8 in, in my Bible and I was just looking at some of my old notes um, as my wife was speaking and it says from verse 6 talking about verse 6 I'm reading and I'm reading my notes it says for to be carnally minded is death and we're talking about the mind to be carnally to be a meathead carne carnal to be meathead to be a carnal minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and my notes says says this it says you hook up your soul which is your mind your will and your emotions you hook up your soul with your flesh that's gonna reap death and not not like I thought so, something bad I'm dropping dead it that word death in there talks about a separation okay mm -hmm. you hook up your soul with your spirit it equals life and peace and I, and, I, and I love the fact that she's bringing up the mindset of this, not who you are in your spirit. Because your spirit's been sealed to the day of redemption. Your spirit, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Godhead bodily dwells in it. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you confess that Jesus is a son of God, God abides in you and you in God. There's no separation in your spirit, man, who God's truly created you as a beloved son. Come on. There's no separation of that. What goes on is when you hook your mind up with the fleshly things, then your mind will automatically go to those things when death presents itself, when the flesh presents itself. It's just like you, you God said this, no, I will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, you will also reap. It didn't say if you only sow the good things, you reap the good things. He says, whatever you sow. So if you're sowing into the flesh out of your mind, out of your will, and out of your emotional state, then guess what? You have the opportunity because you activated a spiritual law called sowing and reaping to reap those things. Now, here's the thing, and I love this. You can go over to 1 John 1, 9. It says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. So if you've blown it, put yourself underneath that blood. 
Put yourself right back under, because he doesn't see you that way. He doesn't see you by your mistakes. He's saying, hey, if you make mistakes, put it underneath the blood, because I don't see you like that. I don't see you by your mistakes. I don't see you by your faults. I don't see you by your past. So why are you continuously sowing into it? Let me set you free. Let me plead the blood over it. He, it says that Jesus is making intercession at the right hand of the Father for you. God does not see you by your mistakes. He sees you through the blood and gives you an access point to put it in your own consciousness, in your own soul, underneath the blood, knowing that he'll forgive you of all your unrighteousness. And man, I'm telling you, there's something about then, then at that moment, uprooting those seeds that you have spoken out over your mouth or thoughts that you have allowed to run in your head and you bind them and then you loose what heaven says over yeah. it. Because when you do that, and you start loosing what heaven is saying, then you match up your soul with your spirit man that's been sealed, that's been covered, that's been filled with his glory. Come on, when there, there's something about matching your spirit up with his spirit and then speaking life. Yes. Oh, my wife, I thought she was typing somebody on there. She's actually looking something up. <laughs> uh, so that, that is one of those things that we need to get a hold of is when you start learning how to sow correctly, you'll reap correctly. Mm -hmm. I, I love I love Romans 8, man. I, I can do a whole study off of this just like Mike Bickle did on the Song of Solomon. I mean, literally, there is so much power in Romans 8, the whole entire chapter, that it literally will shake you to your core if you grab a hold of as a revolutionary and a revelatory just explosion on the inside of you. Allow that to shape and mold your heart on the inside of you. There's so much things that are on there. Like the reason, the reason, oh my God, I love this. The reason it's saying, please don't sow into the flesh is because of verse eight. So then they that are in the flesh can't please God. God created you to please him. God created you for worship. God created you for fellowship. And he wants you pleasing unto him. He wants you walking and living by faith and knows that if you sow into the flesh, that's not pleasing to unto him. So don't do that, man. I want, I want intimacy with you. If you have children, if you're a parent and your kids consistently do something that you told them not to do, it's not pleasing unto you. And all you want to do is spend awesome, cool kid time with them. You just want to wrap them up, hug on them, love on them, spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. And then they go off and do the exact same thing that you told them not to do. And you're like, are you kidding me? And God's not like that completely, but there's an essence of that where he's saying, man, I don't want you to do this. Because all I want to do is spend my intimate time with you. I created you to walk in the cool of the evening with you. I've created you to have such intimate fellowship. All I want to do is have fun with you in that secret place. All I want for you is the best. I created you and given my son for you so you can have the best through him. And I want to be able to access you 100% of the time during that. But what you do is you sow of the flesh and it brings something in your mind that says, I'm not worthy enough to come to God anymore. Mm 
Yeah. It's not God wanting to separate from you and, and, and punish you in that moment. You put something in your head that says, I've blown it. I watched something on a TV I shouldn't or on my computer or argued with my wife or my husband. I yelled at my kids. I did this. I did that. I, I, I was walking in complete unbelief this week. And all of a sudden in your mind, you've sown in the flesh. So therefore, in your mind, you're reaping a fleshly consequence that says, I can't come to God now. That's where condemnation comes in because you're identifying with who you're not instead of identifying with who you are. Yeah. And you separate yourself from other believers too. Um, like I was thinking about that, like in the, in the early days, um, I would have, I'd have friends who would separate themselves from me when they're in their worst state. Like they just, they wouldn't want to be around mm -hmm. me. Um, because, and, and some of these were believers and some of these were not believers. Um, but they, but I, but it, even though I never condemned even those non-believers, like there was something in them that in their worst state, they felt like they couldn't and that be around me. And, and that's because of God in me. Like, like they, they struggled with being around me because of that, which, I mean, in, in, in logic, it makes no sense because God sees you where you're mm -hmm. at. He always hears us like, like the, conf not being willing to confess to the Lord always in logic makes no sense because he already knows what we did. Like he's aware of what we did, for but, your own conscience. but, but we still struggle with that as people. And, and me personally, like, um, I never kept myself away from church, but I, I can tell, like, there's been times where I've struggled, like, especially like with prophets. Um, there was times in the early days where I could not look a prophet in the eye when I was, when I was struggling with my flesh, when I was dealing with my flesh, um, that I couldn't look them in the eye, um, because, because of that. And that is because of, of that, um, it's honestly there is a difference between fear as as the world sees it and fear as as um god sees it like that reverent fear but there is an aspect of that reverent fear itself mm. that although god does not want you to be separated that purity and that non-purity can't exist together right like, like it's 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 not that he's trying to it's just it has no ability to exist in the same place um, and we talked about this even a couple days ago that sometimes I can even feel my own, um, because my spirit, the stronger I make my spirit man, you know, the stronger that I, I, I feed on the things of the spirit, you know, cause there is, yes, our spirit is incorruptible, but we can strengthen our spirit man too. That's biblical. Like we yeah. can strengthen that up. We can strengthen that in faith. We can strengthen that with the word of God. We can strengthen that with songs and psalms. Come on. We can strengthen our spirit man and make it rise up and and and, and be the dominant one because that's what it's created. It's created to be a dominant one. That's created. But we, um, you know, uh, one of the early things I learned in discipleship, which I'm grateful that, that our church growing up um, was big on discipleship. Yeah. You don't see that in a lot of places. And maybe that's part of the reason why me and Travis like are big on it ourselves. But um, one of the things they taught early on was that we, we are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul, which is our mind and, will and our emotions. And um, what 
a lot of there's a lot of people who can focus on the body aspect fulfilling their flesh what they need in a physical basis like um how they eat um like how things physically make them feel yeah yeah you know but physically i'm um, okay but then you have that the mind the will and the emotions there's other people who feed their soul like but i don't feel like it like um my emotions say this is bad you know um and um but i just don't like i you know i know you say that i'm righteous but i don't feel like i'm righteous mm. like and they and they do that with um their their thoughts things that are the enemy's throwing at their thoughts because you know he can throw things and we can allow it to build a nest in our hair you know like we can have those moments and they and and one becomes dominant the, then more dominant than the other whether right. it's our physical flesh where we then are in obesity or we are drunkenness or like all these different things because we want to we want to fulfill the flesh or, or sexual lust is another fulfilling in the right. flesh you know um or in our mind because we want to try to feel good and and at some point if you try to feel good then you may end up having to supplement that with drugs or other things of the flesh you know um instead of the spirit man and strengthening yeah. the spirit man and so those are some of the areas that you can strengthen right. your spirit man hold on let me finish okay. um is with the with songs and psalms um but when mm. you're doing that when you're doing that like you should be able to just deflect these or not de, de um you know push or allow those 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 arrows to just just fall off of you when you are strengthening that spirit man so that's what i i encourage you guys to just really just just work on strengthening that up reminding yourself who you are reminding yourself what the word says about you um, singing your psalms and songs, yeah, you know, and just really, on. really, really just allowing that to build up on you. Just even the way Michelle was talking about, just really just allowing him to tell us who he is and have confidence in what he says and, and to even recognize when we're pulling away because I'm, I've, I've, I've watched some people that's like, it's like, because they're struggling, they pull away. That's when we need to, to really just, um, go to the word of God and put ourselves in remembrance of who he is and, and who he created us to be yes. and allow that faith to rise up in us and just really just strengthen and strengthen one another. If you see someone pulling away from you, um, you being the more spiritual one, you know, you have to go in after them sometimes with the love of God and just really just remind them of who they are and speak to who they really are not to what you're seeing in their flesh, not to any of that stuff, but who they really are and just really encourage and lift them up and pull them out. Because, you know, I mean, I, when he was talking, I was thinking about, I was thinking about how we can put ourselves in the pig pen, like that, like this, like the son did, you know, like we can put ourselves in that pig pen or we can throw ourselves into the mud and we can get all dirty because of it. But God, but God, takes us up it says out of the murk and the mire and he sets our feet on a rock and so like even though we can get ourselves in in these places um god wants us to pull each other out of that with the love of god that he placed in our lives and pull each other out and and allow um them to truly see who they were created to be and not 
and that that in his eyes I mean you are worthy not because not because of something you did not because uh, you know of your good or your bad but because of what he did what Jesus did yeah yeah and I, I just wanted to back up I, I wanted to interject because it, it, you, you took me like straight back like 20 you know 19 20 years ago in some of our first discipleship classes where they were talking about the you know, your your spirit your soul and your body and I remember saying from back then that I held on to being so true that your spirit man is king that your uh, that your soul is the servant mm -hmm. and that your body is the slave mm -hmm. when you That's get good. those roles reversed you make your spirit man the slave to your body and when you do the reverse of it and you start sowing into the flesh because what you're doing is you're feeding the the slave instead of feeding, feeding the, the wrong, king the wrong wolf you're feeding yeah, <laughs> the, the wrong wolf as, as it was a tomorrow land or whatever yes. it was but uh, she also brought up a scripture and I wanted to point out this scripture to you guys she was saying build your your king your spirit man up by songs and Psalms and you can find that verse if you go over to Ephesians 5 look at verse 15 16 17 and 18 talks about be being filled don't be drunk according to wine and alcohol and everything but be sober-minded be being filled with the Holy Spirit I love how it says in the passion translation in that one verse in 17 it says this uh, don't live your life foolishly for then you'll have discernment and fully understand God's will come on sometimes we, there's so many people on here and go oh man what is God's will in this moment what is God, can you just pray God's will for me don't live foolishly for then you'll have discernment to fully understand God's will verse 18 and don't get drunk with wine which is rebellion instead be being filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song your heart your spirit man will overflow with a joyful song unto the Lord Jehovah speaking to each other, speaking to each other come on we yeah. got to speak to each other with words of scripture singing in Psalms with praises and with spontaneous songs given by the spirit it says hey when we don't match up our spirit man our king and our soul and our body to what this world wants to offer but yet we be being filled we continuously drink on the Lord we continue to drink on his heavenly reality we continue to drink on everything that Jesus did for us from the cross to the throne we continuously drink in the spirit of the Lord we get so filled up that it bubbles with out of out of us that we need to speak over each other with songs with Psalms with spontaneous I love that with spontaneous songs by the Spirit we'll start speaking there's a melody within our heart man you you know how you this is okay I love this you'll know how full your spirit tank is like if you had a fuel tank that you need to like put a nozzle in and fill up just sort of like your gas tank in your car truck or SUV that gauge right there you'll know how full your tank is if you're singing psalms melody and it doesn't i mean if if you think you're a bad singer it doesn't matter it says make a joyful noise it didn't say sing like you're on the voice 
okay, or America's Got Talent. It doesn't say that. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But there's a melody within your heart. Man, I, I've been waking up and, and I have a melody within my heart. There's, there's praise and worship songs. As soon as I wake up, coming out of my mouth because of my spirit man being filled up with the very presence of who he is and everything that he's done. And my wife can attest when I wake up, the first things out of my mouth are, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just glorify you today. I start thanking him. I start filling my spirit man up with who he is. And it activates something inside of my spirit that starts speaking out psalms. Starts speaking out songs. Starts speaking out spontaneous. I started singing a praise and worship song that I've never even heard when we're in our church right now doing this live. Before we went live, I started singing unto him. And it was like, and it flowed like it was an actual real song. And it was just like, I just was spontaneously thinking of his goodness and who he is. Be being filled so that you're filled up to impart and activate and encourage others. Mm. Going back to the very beginning of bless, God bless America. God speak over America. Man, our mouths need to be filled with the blessing of the Lord of identity and start claiming who this country is, start claiming who you are, start claiming who your wife and your husband and your children and who your neighbors and your community and your regions are. And that comes by feeling, I love how God brought this full circle, man. Yeah. I love this, man, because you need to be tanked up on your beloved identity. I got I just got I just got whacked by his love real quick. If you knew how much you're loved, you wouldn't want to do nothing but spend time in his love. Yeah. Because I mean if you under if you understood how tangible his love is, because God is love. You can't we talk about the presence and the glory of God as being the tangible presence of God. Well, guess what? That's the tangible presence of love because God is love. You want to get whacked by his love, man, get in his glory, get in his presence because his love is saturated there tangibly. I can feel it right now. It's like goosebumps. My hair is standing up. But I'm telling you, there's something about being so loved by him that it bursts something within you that it has to come up out of you. It's like if you shook a, a soda can and popped the top of it, it sprayed everywhere. Well, that's what the love of God and beloved identity does. It gets so saturated within you, it shakes up and stirs something up within you that it has to be released out of you. I encourage yeah. you guys, get in Ephesians 5 and, and, read it, and read it. I mean, I'm serious, start from 15, Go all the way, if you want, go all the way to 20 because it'll wreck you. But, because it starts talking about always giving thanks unto the Father for every person. <laughs> Come on, for every person. That doesn't talk about every person that's doing you right. That's talking about every person, period. There's something that activates when you understand the love of God that's within you that you can't help but love on others around you. I, man, I know you said to start at 15, but I act, I've act up to 14 and I keep, actually, I keep reading what Michelle wrote over and over mm, again. Awake, so yeah, too. the arise but, and shine. But, uh, <laughs> therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Um, and I was reading what Michelle was writing. I'm hearing to ask him, what Jesus do you want to be to me in this Ooh. place? So it's 
So it's his Man. power working it out instead of our striving for it. And it's interesting because as you're writing that and I'm reading this, I'm also going, like, again, we're going round circle. Yeah. We're going round circle and I'm hearing again what I heard this morning of only fools roll, rush in. And, and that we just got to take the time to really just seek him as to what he wants us to do in this time and trust him to provide that. Because if we go on, it, sa it says, arise from the dead and Christ will give you the light. We don't have to go searching for the light. He Whoa. gives it to us. All we got to do is awaken in him, like awaken and allow him to speak into our lives, to open our ears and hear him. And then... Um, we can walk, you know, in that light. We can walk with faith. We can walk with, with um, it uses the word uh, circumspectively, respectively, which I don't really know what that word specifically means. But I, when, I th when I'm thinking of this is I'm thinking of, of, oh. of our steps being ordered and they're, and, they're, and they're wise and they're already laid out. That's, that's the way I'm hearing it. It's, it's and, to live purposefully. Yes, purposefully, which is, a, a, again, like that's been our topic for this month um, is, is, being, is living on purpose, taking a risk and living on purpose. And it, it was interesting, Jesus. actually, because Travis got that word uh, before we started this month. And, and I was hearing something... Um, I thought was different, but when um, when we brought them together, it actually was it was the same thing. It was just a different aspect of what living on purpose, and then all this stuff happens like right afterwards. And it was like, man, that that was such a word from the Lord. Um, but sometimes we can look at things that He's saying um, as as old manna because we hear them that way. We don't hear them the as, as the freshness of what it is for today. And so yeah. when he had originally said that I was hearing it like a word we had heard, you know, seven, eight years back right. that was, uh, had a totally different meaning to me in that time period, because in that time period, it was really about, um, like we had been in a, in a wilderness experience and like stepping out of, of, of the cave type of atmosphere and stepping and it's still a stepping out of the boat. But in this, like I'm actually seeing it more the way Michelle is saying it of, of like, we're actually in, in some respects, we're actually stepping in to the wilderness. Like we're coming from, um, from a, a place of where we've been running, running, running. And now we're stepping into like almost what feels like a wilderness experience. And, and we can, we can strive in the middle of this and try to get this, or we can step into his rest. And really just allow him to to really have us thrive instead of us striving we're gonna thrive if we can just step in to his rest and step into his rest and so in order to do that we have to awaken and we have to see what he's doing allow his light to come in and we have to allow him to order our steps and stop trying to order it for ourselves stop trying to strive to get it right but like really just allow him to um, and yes, it's purposeful, but it's purposeful, his purpose, not our yeah. own. Like, like we need to stop trying to figure well, it out and strive for and, it. In the Amplified, it says purposefully, worthy, and accurately. Yes. Amen. And ac accurate according to heaven's accuracy, not our own accuracy. Yeah. Not the world's accuracy yep. or our flesh's or our thought process. Man, because men have their own thought processes. Men, yep. and when I'm saying men, I'm thinking of women and men, 
So mankind yeah. has its own thought process, yeah. but living accurately according to how heaven has structured it, how heaven's flow says. And that's so good that um, we just went there. I mean, it, man we, makes his own plans, but God, God ordains the steps. the steps. That's that's what I'm seeing. That uh, he ordains the steps. He's he is he is doing that, and it really to me it goes all the way back into here of the 17. And therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord, Lord. is. He is going to direct us and lead us, and we're not going to strive, Michelle. If we just really seek him. And honestly, and I, and I, and I like how, um, sorry, I stole the fault. Uh, yeah. Julianne Corbin wrote, she's just like Ephesians 5. That whole chapter, absolutely do. Ephesians 5 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, period. Because it starts off by saying, be imitators of God and to walk in love. It all goes back to your beloved identity in him and be an imitator. As he is, so are we in this world. We are hidden in him and we need to walk as we're walking in him and him walking in us. It's, it's a spiritual sandwich that he is not only within us, but he surrounds us, us in him and him in us. Yeah. And you have to understand when you ever you walk, you take the kingdom with you. Therefore, you're an imitator of God. You're 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 a voice saying the same thing that He is saying. To and that word imitator is not to be a wannabe. We we've done such a poor job in the English language of finding out what that word imitator means, because that word imitator means to be exactly like, be exactly like God, and walk in love. That's where it starts. That's where the root of it is because he is love. And speaking of that, we love you guys. We're gonna wrap up. Uh, we've been on here for uh, about an hour, hour and 40 minutes. There's so much, I mean, God just cracked the top of so many different subjects and it's good. Go back, if you're catching the last part of this, go back and, and, and listen to the first part, listen to the middle part, even if you have to digest it in sections, because there's a lot of yeah, meat that he it's, did. It's long, but it's, it's good. It's long, <laughs> it's good. I mean, I'm gleaning from my wife. I'm gleaning from what God is showing me, because there's some stuff, even in the midst of this. This is why I love his word, because it's alive and active. I mean, I'm, I'm reading it, and he's speaking new, new revelation of it, and it's molding my heart, even in the midst of this life. So I love how this is. I love you guys. We'll be back again tomorrow for another live. So get ready for some more daily manna tomorrow. I'm sort of uh, going to be seeking God today of what he wants to reveal tomorrow. I know there's been a